going to read Acts 2 from verses 36 to 43. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Um, if you are one of our, our guests, again, just want to really warmly welcome you. Thanks for choosing to worship with us this morning. Um, we're, we're a church uh, who, who listens to God's voice and then uh, follows him. It's, it's kind of simple, really. What does God say and what should we do? And that's pretty much uh, how we do things at Foundation Church. And um, the, 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 what we've been doing, and we started last week, is we've been looking at these six ways that God grows the church. It's this little series we're doing here uh, when you come together. And you can see behind me uh, the six ways that we're, we're examining over the next few weeks. We, we started last week with the Word of God. This week coming, we're going to look at the sacraments. Um, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, then belonging. Um, that's next week. And that's hence why we're going to be talking about church membership after the service with our little platter from Cafe Nosh. And um, that's what that's about. Revelation and the gift of revelation. And, and how does God speak through his people uh, as we gather? Um, follow, following on then healing and then tongues, hands and hearts, kind of everything else um, at the end there as well. And how can we serve together as a church opportunities for ministry um, after week six? So that's pretty much um, what we're going to be looking at. And so today we're going to be looking at this idea of, of the sacraments. Um, and last week we, we saw uh, God's word is the, you know, it's at the top of the list for a good reason. Right? It's, the, it's, the, it's the thing that we listen to. Um, we, we, we take real note of it. And when we examine God's word in, in the scripture, um, it shows us two symbolic actions that, that Jesus gives to the church in order to strengthen it and to sustain it and to help it grow. And, and typically these are known as sacraments. Um, depending on what church tradition you're from, you may have heard of them called um, ordinances. All right, what am I talking about? I'm talking about baptism and the Lord's Supper. So we're going to be spending our time this morning looking at these two um, sacraments and finding out what they do to the church. What, what, how does God use them to grow us and strengthen us and to send us out on mission? What, what is a sacrament? Um, they've been described as a visible word. Well, you've heard the saying, haven't you, um, a picture paints a thousand words? Well, that's kind of what the sacraments do. They, they paint a picture that, that, that a thousand sermons uh, can never really fulfill in terms of what they, what they talk to us and what they, what they sum up. They point us to the gospel. That's what they do. And uh, you can understand them as, a, as a, uh, an outward sign of an inward spiritual situation. 
All right, so the Word of God, you know, as, as we primarily receive it through the Scripture, um, is something we hear, something that's read to us, something that we listen to with our ears. But the sacraments, they're different. They sort of function on a, on a slightly different plane, we could say. The sacraments are things that we can actually physically see with our eyes. All right, we can actually taste them with our mouths. The sacraments are a physical experience in a way that listening um, perhaps is not quite the same. And as we've just seen from uh, these verses that Maxim read us, um, they were present from the very earliest days of the early church, right at the start. Um, let's, let's look at these verses together um, on, on your sheet. We're sort of uh, coming into the end of this remarkable sermon, the first ever, I suppose, Christ-centered sermon that was ever preached, preached by the Apostle Peter on the day when the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, the day of Pentecost, and um, they were speaking in tongues and praising God, and many people were, were hearing the goodness of God in their own languages. And uh, on this day then, uh, they heard, many people heard the gospel, heard the good news of Jesus, and, and who he is, and, and what he's done. And, and so first of all, we see here uh, the gospel being preached, right? And we see that in verse 36. And so, so verse 36, I suppose, is the, 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 the conclusion of Peter's sermon. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So when we're starting to think of the sacraments as a church and how that sort of works for us, so to speak, we have to first of all understand that uh, uh, God speaks, the gospel comes first. Otherwise, the rest of the stuff makes no sense whatsoever. It just becomes, you can add your own meaning to it. Right? We listen to God first of all. We hear the gospel of Jesus and then those things um, greatly augment uh, the message of the gospel. So that's how we uh, think of the, the sacraments, and that's how we must think of the sacraments. Um, they, the sacraments are, are our, our response, I suppose, to listening to the gospel. So let's uh, break it down a little bit for a few minutes. Let's look uh, at the two biggies, the two sacraments, baptism first, and then Lord's Supper after that. Um, you, you may have come from a church background where you've heard these things, you've maybe seen them, you've maybe been baptized yourself or, or, or received the supper. Um, so perhaps for you this is a bit of a refresher. Uh, but in my experience, you can never assume people know anything. Uh, that was a, I was brought up Church of England, right? No one ever told me about what all this stuff. There's loads and loads of stuff, bells and whistles and all the rest of it. No one ever explained any of that to me. So I, I don't want to put you through this. I want you to understand. I want to, let's, let's understand together um, what, what God says to us. Uh, through the scripture. So baptism, first of all. And we see that in verses 37 and 38. They've just heard the gospel, and, uh, and, and then you know, the crowd, the, these probably hundreds, if not maybe a thousand, so people heard uh, the, 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 the gospel and explanation from Peter, and it says in verse 37, they were cut to the heart. And then they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Right, the gospel had been preached, they'd heard it with their ears, it had sunk down into their hearts, and quite honestly, at that moment, it was tearing them up. That's, that's often how it is when you first hear the good news of Jesus. Right? It hurts, because you need it. And so Peter's response to them was, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter's saying, in order to take hold of this gospel, this good news that you've just heard proclaimed to you, you are to turn away from your old life and turn towards Jesus. That's, that's the essence of repentance, is turning. Turn towards him. Dead, death to the old life, life with Jesus. And then be baptized. 
Right? Baptism means literally dipping or immersing someone or something into water. So you've got right there, you've got that internal uh, spiritual condition, that turning away from your old life and turning to Jesus, and then that's marked by this external, I suppose, sign or, or pointer in baptism. And, and so Peter says to his, his listeners, that's how you receive the good news. Right? That's, that's how, you, that's how you, you bring down, I suppose, the promises of God. That's how you receive them into yourself. Uh, that's how you enter the kingdom, in other words. Repent and be baptized. This is again in verse 41, just to highlight to us. Those who received his word were baptized. Right? So the start of your life with Jesus begins with repentance and baptism. Turning and being dunked. Going into the water. Why, why is that? Where do we get this from? Well, um, not only here, we see the church doing it, but uh, Jesus, don't forget, Jesus, at the end of his earthly ministry in Matthew 28. Have I got it here? Bingo, I do. Uh, Jesus, you know, uh, one of his last statements to his people before he ascends to the right hand of the Father, he says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey, observe, all that I have commanded you. So we get this from Jesus himself. Go make disciples and baptize them. Jesus said the first step in your faith relationship with me is to get baptized, get wet. It marks you out. Right? It says this person here uh, is now under new ownership. That's, that's why it says here in the name of. You know, this person is no longer living for themselves and, and living under the world. This person is living for God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. New ownership. And so if, if, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, whatever term you want to call it, you must be baptized according to Jesus. And as, as we've seen already, baptism preaches a thousand sermons all in one go. Um, that, that's just, I just think that's the beauty of the sacraments. That's, that's what we're talking about here. They're, they're so rich with, with meaning um, the, the one sermon is not sufficient to sum up everything that they point to. So rich, so wonderful. They say so much to us. For example, baptism declares the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Right? When you go into the water and you come back up, you're, you're pointing to Jesus. It's declaring what he's done. But not just are you, are you pointing to Jesus, you are, but you, you're, you're demonstrating that you are united to him. That's why you go into the water and you come back up. You died with Christ, and you rose to life with Christ. And that's what you're demonstrating and declaring in baptism. Baptism depicts the cleansing of all your sins and all your dirt and all your stuff, all your funk, gone. I love this. Um, I like to quote um, the Heidelberg Catechism from time to time. Uh, what is the Catechism? It's just a, it's a, it's a ancient um, and a wonderful summary, a set of questions and answers to explain and to defend the, the Christian faith. Um, this is a brilliant one. It's called the Heidelberg Catechism. Go and Google it later if, if you want. I can feel a social media post coming on right now, actually, containing these words. Anyway, um, I love this. Pay, pay attention a little further down. Um, they're asking, what, what, what is baptism and, and, and how does it cleanse us? And uh, it says, Christ instituted this outward washing 
and with it gave the promise that as surely as water washes away the dirt from my body, so certainly has his blood and spirit washed away all the impurities of my soul. That is my sin. Isn't that gorgeous? When you get into the the water of baptism and you get clean, you're saying that that God has cleaned me in, in, in deeper and more profound ways than this water can ever do. Awesome. Demonstrates your obedience to Jesus. Jesus said it. We do it. Baptism builds our community. Yes, it's your baptism, but it's our baptism. It's the church's baptism. We share this together. So many things that baptism points to. And all this, you see, comes at the start of your faith relationship with Jesus. Comes at the, the, the time when you receive new life in Jesus. We're actually looking, I was looking online just this week with, with this in mind, I was looking online to try and find a, a baptism pool. Because we want to do some baptisms here very soon at Foundation Church. And you can buy them. You can buy like a handmade actual baptism pools for the job, right? And they, they're, they're expensive. They're really quite expensive, especially for a little church like us. So I'm trying to think, what else can we dunk people in that's kind of like that, but maybe a lot cheaper? Um, and so I was looking at sort of uh, cattle feeding troughs and all the rest of it. Actually, it's a thing, right? Some really trendy church plants in America use these things. Um, but they're kind of skinny. You know, you have to kneel down. I don't know. So um, then Marion found this thing on eBay. It's a birthing pool, right? For home birthing, right? If you're giving birth, I'm, I'm reliably informed that, that, that some women find a lot of benefit from giving birth in a, in a nice warm hot water tank. Michaela's nodding. And, um, and you can buy these things for home births. And they sort of double up as a, as a baptism tank. And I was like, oh, man, that just doesn't sound particularly appealing, especially for the second hand, right? Um, <laughs> but anyway, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, it's a birthing pool, right? It's when new life literally comes out. And, you know, what, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful uh, imagery of the birthing pool. Because that's what baptism is. It's, it's new life. Gorgeous. Anyway. Um, here at Foundation Church, if you haven't uh, figured it out already, we do uh, um, dunk people as part of um, baptism. We like to put them right in under the water. Um, other traditions will, will pour water over people um, or sprinkle even. Um, but I, in my view, um, putting someone right into the water captures, uh, does a better job, I think, at capture, capturing the imagery that we see of, of going into the grave and, and, and coming back up again. New life in Jesus. I love that. And here at Foundation Church as well, just so you know, uh, we, we, we follow the pattern here that we see in Acts chapter 2. It's called Believer's Baptism. Some people refer to it as that. Uh, where you hear the gospel, you respond through faith in Jesus, and then you're baptized. So let me ask you here, um, very simple one. Have you heard the gospel? Have you believed in Jesus? Well, then come and be Baptized. So the second thing then, baptism points to the beginning of your faith relationship in Jesus. It's wonderful. It's a one-off thing. It's like being born. You're only uh, you're physically born once, right? But, but there's another thing that happens every year after you're born regularly to celebrate your birth. And it's called your birthday, right? And so similarly then, uh, the anniversary, I suppose, the, 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 the ongoing bit is the, is the supper, the, the second sacrament. Uh, some people call it Lord's Supper, um, some people call it breaking of bread. Some people call it communion. Others call it Eucharist. They all point to different aspects of the same diamond, um, which is uh, the, the bread and the wine. 
So where do we get that from in these verses that the Maxim read to us? Well, in verse 42, these who have received the word, right, and, and they've been baptized, um, and this has been added to the church there in verse 41. In verse 42, they, this is the new group, the new community of God, um, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, saw that last week, um, the fellowship, we'll see that next week, and the breaking of bread and the prayers. The breaking of bread. It carries the, the definite article, the, uh, suggesting that it's referring to something specific, not just breaking of bread in general, having a meal out, which, which is lovely. I love meals out um, and all that, and love having people over. Um, but the breaking of bread. And, and, and um, this, this seems to refer to a specific act, you know, a specific ritual that the early church did together. The breaking of bread. Where do we get that from? Why would they think... Uh, to do that? Well, uh, Jesus, again, on the night that he was betrayed, we can read from, I think, Luke, there we go, Luke 24. They were sitting, eating, um, probably enjoying the Passover uh, uh, supper uh, as religious Jews. And it says, Jesus, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks to God, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Here, I've got some. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And says, likewise, after, he took the cup and he said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant here in my blood. The bread and the wine. Jesus started the tradition. He, he gave it as a gift to the church. The church carried it on. They did it. The New Testament reaffirms it yet again. This regular defining act that the community of God's people do. When you come together, you have the bath and you have the bread. The baptism and new birth and then the celebration every time you gather. A regular part of your gathering. How does, how, does, how does this stuff work? How does this actually work to strengthen uh, us and, and uh, strengthen the church? Well, uh, we see it, don't we? Uh, when, when Jesus picks up the bread and he says, this is my body, we're, we're actually seeing uh, the gospel with our eyes. And when, when we take it in our hands and, and it's given to us, uh, we, are, we are holding effectively the gospel. Um, take it, eat it. You know, it's a gift. It's something that's given to you and me. And then ultimately, we're, we're putting it into our mouths. We're, we're taking it. We're chewing it. We're, we're, we're drinking it. We're swallowing it. We're absorbing it into our bodies. And in some ways, this little bit of bread and wine nourishes our bodies. It strengthens us. And so what we're doing when we're eating the bread and drinking the wine, we're, we're effectively seeing and holding and tasting the gospel. Right? It preaches to us in ways that the words alone cannot. It reminds us of the gospel. It renews us in the gospel. Quite often at Foundation, when we are celebrating communion, we will say, feed on Christ by faith. Right? Take him into yourself by your faith and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right? And when this all comes together, you are really and truly nourished by Jesus when you take the bread and the wine. Foundation Church, um, we, we uh, traditionally and typically have celebrated communion weekly. 
Um, other churches do it less frequently. That's okay. Um, it's hard to pin down in Scripture exactly how often it should be done. Um, but uh, we, we tend to do it weekly. Um, we see the bread being torn in front of us. And quite often we would come and, and tear the bread off ourselves to say that this is the body and I, I'm, I'm taking a piece for myself, effectively. And, and we sip the wine together. And today it's kind of exciting for me because we're actually returning uh, to the Lord's Supper for the first time in probably close to two years. It's been that long. For obvious reasons, COVID has, uh, um, has paused not only our gathering, but what we do when we come together. Um, and so today, uh, what we're doing is going to adjust uh, to our new circumstances, but we are going to um, come to the table later on this morning. And what you'll see here is um, uh, it's all been prepared, lovingly prepared, uh, where there's a little cup with a bit of bread in it and a little cup with a bit of wine in it as well. So there's no, no need to sort of, uh, you know, choose the best bit and leave the others. You know, just, just grab, grab one of each. And, and what we'll do um, during a time of worship later on, uh, we will, um, you know, there's an opportunity there for you to come forward and, um, and take the bread and take the wine and take, take it there. And just underneath there's a little uh, buckets so you can put your empties in there as well. Okay. Um, and why am I saying this? Because uh, this is kind of uh, important for us as a church, as, as we're seeing here in Scripture. It's just part of our ordinary uh, rhythm um, that we do together. And, and typically we, we offer um, the bread and the wine to those who are identified with Foundation Church. Um, the people who say, this is my church, and, and these are my people. Um, and and as, as we'll be looking next week, we're sort of uh, summarizing that in this, uh, this idea of church membership. But in this season, things are different. Things are different for us um, as a church. And so, so what I'm going to say is that uh, if, if you are, of course, one of our members, then the table is available. Um, if you are um, going in that direction and, and, and you think the foundation is the church, that you want to put your roots down and say, yes, I want this to be my church and these to be my people, then again, I just want to say, this is for you too. And, and, and thirdly, if you are a, a visitor with us and you're, you're in membership of another church elsewhere and you're just here for, for, uh, to pop in and say hi and encourage us, then again, um, you, you're welcome to come and take the bread and the wine. Um, but I, I would say that um, you know, if you're not sure about Jesus, first of all, about your, 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 your faith in him and whether you have faith in him, if you're not even sure perhaps about um, this church and you're still looking, you're still looking in from the outside, that's totally fine. Um, but what I would say is maybe just hit pause for now um, until you have clarity, until you have um, real, real clarity, this is where I want to be. And, and you might, this might be uh, kind of weird or, or new for you, but hopefully we'll, you'll see more next week about how uh, these things all work together when it comes to uh, belonging and being together as a community. So the bread, the wine, the bath, gifts of God to strengthen your faith and to strengthen um, the church. So before we, we, um, we close out and we actually do come to a time of worship and, and, and sacrament, we're just going to think about how that then functions for us in the community or mission in the church. Um, we've seen the gospel, God's word. Uh, we've seen how that's attached to baptism and, and, and the bread and, and, and the sense of belonging together on mission. Uh, but, but what happens when all these things come together and they click? We'll look at verse 43. It says, awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Awe, wonders, signs, just a spiritually charged community. 
Um, when you add all that together, when you come together, it produces awe. It produces this deep sense of the, the presence of God uh, among us, this experience of God working in power among his people. Uh, God speaks to us when you come together. He feeds us when you come together. He heals us. He, he fills you with his power to go and glorify him. Just imagine what such a community would be like to be a member of something like that. Well, the sacraments, as we're learning here, are going to be a key part of what we do as a church when we come together to receive all that God has for us. So I don't want you thinking that there's some sort of boring or dry add-on. You're just here for the worship, just here for the preaching, or just here for the, you know, um, the co- does people come here for the coffee? I'm not sure. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the coffee. Um, but yeah, we want this to be a really key and central part of what we do. So as I said, um, in closing, we're, 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 a, we're a community on mission. Uh, so the sacraments create and, and, and strengthen community. Um, they, they, they identify who is part. They sort of mark us off from the world. And as I say, we're going to think about that more next week. Um, but they define, they help us to define what it means to belong. Uh, and it enriches our worship. It strengthens our faith. does all that. It's brilliant. But we're a community on mission. And so the sacraments, they, uh, when we get them right and when we, when we receive them for what they are, they ignite us to go out on mission. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations by offering them the sacraments. Baptizing them, start there. Begins with baptism. That's how we know that we're getting it right. That's how we know that we're uh, going out on mission. But we start to see more and more people coming, hearing about Jesus, being transformed by him and being baptized and eating the bread and the wine. That's a powerful uh, sign to us that we're, we're, we're honoring Jesus on mission. That's how we know we're doing it. And you know, I hunger and pray for more of that here at Foundation Church. I know you do too. So the bread, the wine, the water, powerful presentations of the gospel. And when visitors come in and when they see the gospel with their eyes, um, it invites faith. It causes them to stop and think. So let's come, come to a close just now then. What are, what are our next steps in response to what we've been thinking about together today? Um, you might have noticed, most of you on your, on your seats, there's another piece of paper, the white bit, and a Foundation Church pen, some merch. You're welcome to take the pen home, by the way, if you want. Um, if you don't, that's okay. But um, I just want to make it as easy and as, as helpful as possible as it c- could be um, to um, actually... Uh, you know, stake your your um, your flag in the ground, so to speak. Um, and so you'll, you'll see on the on the right of your your sheet, there's there's a few options. I'm not saying they're the only options, but there's the three that I want to hit on this morning. Um, first of all, uh, first step that you might want to take this morning is to put your faith in Jesus. Okay, sounds like a, a really easy, maybe or an obvious one. I'm not sure, um, but if you've heard about him, and you've heard the good news about what he's done and you find yourself in a position of the crowd in verse 37, what must I do? Then, then listen to Peter's answer. Repent. Right? Turn away from your old life and turn and receive new life in Jesus. That's why he went to the cross to provide for you. So why would you not want to receive that for yourself? So first step, put your faith in Jesus. And that includes you, by the way. If you uh, maybe used to be a Christian or, or you are a Christian, but you've sort of gone, gone, you know, gone limp or something like that, if you're walking away like we were hearing earlier on, you've wandered, put your faith in Jesus. 
Right? If your faith is weak and you want more, put your faith in Jesus. And none of us are done putting our faith in Jesus. So if you, if you, if you want to make that step this morning and you want to sort of mark that somehow, then you can certainly um, put a tick in the box and um, leave your bits and pieces here. This is the ministry bucket. Everything goes into the ministry bucket. So, you know, um, put your response slips in there later if you want. The second option then, the second step, uh, be baptized, right? See, if you have faith in Jesus and you haven't been baptized yet, be baptized. Receive the gift. Why, why hold back, right? It's a gift. Uh, it's an external sign uh, of the internal spiritual life. We, we've been thinking about that. So whether you've just trusted Jesus now for the first time or whether you trusted him last year or, or, or decades ago and yet you are not baptized, then my offer to you, is my, my challenge to you is come and be baptized. We'll do it. Right? I'll buy a birthing pool for you and we'll fill it up and we'll do it because Jesus commands it and we love it. We're going to organize that very soon in the next few weeks. Got a few who are interested, which is awesome. You don't need to be a super Christian. Right? You don't need to know a certain amount of stuff. Um, you just need faith in Jesus, right? that simple faith. This is the start of your life with him, not some sort of advanced phase later on down the track. So if that's you, again, tick that box if you want. And thirdly and finally, the third step is then take the bread and the wine with us this morning. Take it, um, eat it, be nourished by Jesus. And so as I mentioned earlier, if you're uh, one of our members here or if you want to put your roots down here and call Foundation your, your home, this is for you. If you're a visitor from another church, this is for you. If you're not sure about Jesus, if you're not sure about the church, then just um, it's probably just worth it uh, just to hit pause. And if you're still looking in, that's okay. There's no rush. We're here every week. We're doing this every week. Um, so there's opportunities for you to come. But you know, if that is you and you're not sure about either Jesus or, or you know, specifically the church, then do allow what's going on here to prompt you and to challenge you and to provoke you um, to commit to Jesus and his church. And there's a box for that too. And again, stick, stick your bits of paper in down here. Okay, the sacraments. Let's stand, let's pray. And then we're going to come to a time of worship and come to the Lord's table. Let's stand.